Okay, so um, we are on the bottom of the, starting with the Gemara, the Mishnah. Um, and uh, the Gemara, good morning. The Gemara often wants to um, figure out the order of the Mishnah. And um, it's really kind of telling you that, that, that you're, you can ask anything. You know, why did the Mishnah, not necessarily in Dafyomi, but you can ask anything, meaning like, why is this first? What is this coming to include? There was a logic to it. In other words, if it was written in a certain way, there must be a reason. And so often the Gemara will start out that way. It'll open up. When they open the, the first Mishnah, you'll have a, a lot of those questions. Now, you can ask them later too, but it's just kind of setting the stage that, that there's a, a rhyme and a reason to everything. Sometimes we get a good idea, and sometimes there are multiple opinions about what that rhyme or reason is. Um, so uh, the word says, Mikti, let's see. Kulo me'achos isha yalfinen. The basic Mishnah is telling us that uh, there are 15 different relations uh, that'll spoil the yibum, so to speak. There's a beautiful mitzvah. The person, uh, person's uh, brother happens to pass away. Lo Elenu shouldn't happen without children. And he has the ability to keep that uh, give the brother a shoe, keep him alive, keep his, uh, his soul, do a favor for his neshama. But if it happens to be that the brother's wife that he would have to marry is related to him, or the co-wife is related to him, then there's no mitzvah of yibam. That's the basic concept of the whole Mishnah, is that if the wife, it's not a complicated concept, normally he could just go and take the brother's wife, but if the, marry her and keep the soul alive, but if uh, within the women that the brother married is someone that's a close relative of his, that spoils, so to speak. We don't allow the mitzvah of yibam to take over. That's, that's the basic concept. Uh, so we don't allow the mitzvah of yibam in the case of the 15 uh, forbidden um, relations. Good morning, Richard. How are you? We, we're just starting from the Gemara now. We're just giving a short review of where we're at. Uh, so uh, that, that's what we learned in the Mishnah, that there's a, a very uh, significant, important mitzvah of yibam. And like we said, it's no coincidence that the uh, the grandmother of Mashiach, Rus, came about through that kindness. Uh, uh, it, it's somebody that's willing to live a life for a deceased brother, you know, to take a marriage that's not their own. This isn't their, uh, it's not the marriage of their choosing. It's not their soulmate. They're, they're, um, the Torah talks about, like, Erva Onan didn't even want to have the child that would be their brother, to raise a child that you don't get credit. To us, it doesn't sound so bad, you know, to raise a child that's not yours. So what? He's still mine. But somehow, the fact that he didn't count. I, don't all children count? Like it's, I, I don't fully understand Erva Onan. I don't want to go into that right now. But I'm just saying the concept... Um, you know, it involves a lot of sacrifice on the woman and on the brother-in-law. But if the woman is forbidden, then it's uh, one of... So we listed 15 different possible ways in which that woman could be forbidden to the brother. Now, there may be other ways, and the question is why we pick these 15. But there are 15 different categories of ways in which the brother, his person's brother could be married to somebody that his brother's related to, and then he has no mitzvah. Okay, fine, beautiful. We'll go through all 15. We get a chance. We did already. But mikti, let's see. Kula me'achos isha yalfinen. They all start uh, with uh, the, per, the sister of his wife. 
In other words, that's, that's the one that's mentioned in the Torah. Um, later on, the Gemara is going to bring the Pasuk and everything, but, but basically that's the, that's the original uh, example that the Torah gave. Uh, two brothers married two sisters. One of the brothers died without children, so now he can't marry his wife's sister. It's, everything's on the up and up. Nobody did anything wrong. Two brothers married two sisters. I mentioned yesterday, I've run into some of them in my lifetime, and we all probably have. Uh, and one of the brothers died, and uh, his wife's sister falls to him for Yibam, and in that case, we say no. But that's the source of them. So if that's true, that should have been listed first. Why didn't it get first? So the Gemara wants to start a, the maybe an easy theory that we start with the most related, uh, the strictest, the, one, the wives that are most forbidden. Uh, and then the other ones are also forbidden, but less so. How do we know what's more forbidden or less forbidden? Isn't forbidden forbidden? Well, no. If a person has relations with somebody who's extremely forbidden, so then we're going to burn him. That's a very severe penalty. You the, and you go by the penalty. And if he has relation with somebody who's less extreme, but certainly very strongly forbidden, then we'll stone him. And then if it's less than that, so maybe we go in the order of the penalties. Maybe that's how the Mishnah picked it. And then, the, and then is there a debate about which of the that was the first possible solution that we threw out yesterday. And the only thing is there are different opinions about which penalties are the most severe because none of the people have died have been able to tell us and they've never experienced more than one so they could say this one was better than the other one or this one was worse. <laughs> like how do you, but some, you know, how would we know? <laughs> it's burning sounds worse. I don't know. Even with the molten lead, it's not. Um, so it says, And and we start off with the burning ones. So if that were true, so then we should start off with the mother-in-law. The Icarus Rafa, that's because that's where the burning is mentioned. What about the daughter-in-law? The Bustis Rafa, because first should be the burn and then the stone. So, and we don't do that. So that's obviously not the reason for the order of our Mishnah. So that's where we're at right now. We're at the Ella, which means forget everything we just said. Uh, we need a new reason for the structure of the Mishnah. So why did we start with the daughter? So Umar said, Bito Kivan Asimidrasha Khavivle. So just a, just, a, just a very quickie. Obviously Umar Sanhajan is a big machlokas. Uh-huh. Obviously holds that Straf was Mukham. Mm-hmm. Right. Correct. Did you anywhere in, in the Mafarshan that about that debate? That that what would this Mandamar say that if we go by Skilas being the Muhammad? Uh, you'd have to say that the, the Mishnah was going like only like this one opinion. Like Rishimon. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So, um, but again, as we're saying, Ella means that that theory didn't prove true. So now we need another theory. So the new theory is one also, again, this is in other places in Shas. Now we're Daf Yomi people, we've learned these things before. And that is that some things are just very clear in the Torah, very simple. The Torah says like this. And some things we have to dig beneath the surface to figure out. That's called the Drasha. We have to darshan the psukim. We have to dig deeper. And uh, we, we know that Torah is that Hashem doesn't want everything to be... Uh, truth isn't always simple. It, it needs to... Sometimes you need to analyze something to get to the truth. And uh, there are parts of Torah where Hashem wants us to analyze it and figure it out. So those things are very special to us. In fact, that's, that's the process of Torah. 
which is that there are certain things that in order to get there, you got to analyze it to know what it's really talking about. In fact, there are many things like an eye for an eye. You, you think, oh, just you pop the guy. No, that's not what it means. Well, look at it. You know, you have to analyze it first. So there's a concept that those things that after analyzing, uh, we figure out those are more beloved to us because we put more work in them. They take more work. So keeping us in Midrasha, maybe that's the reason that we picked the daughter because, um, so actually we're going to, uh, this could be confusing, but the, the Torah clearly says that you can't uh, marry your daughter. And so if a person's brother was married to his niece and then he died and then now the brother's wife is a person's actual daughter, obviously that, that we, that's not a drusha. That's clear in the psukim. But uh, the psukim don't talk about a daughter through one's wife. They don't talk about an illegitimate daughter. Uh, and that's learned out from the drusha. So since, uh, since there is a drusha involved, so uh, maybe that's why it's learned, listened, listed first, because something that we had to, to analyze to really get to the bottom of, that's beloved in Hashem's eyes. So the harder the daf is, the more Hashem, you know, the more credit. So don't, don't let it bother you if it's a rough daf. You get more, uh, the harder it is, the better, right? It's midrasha, it's chavivleh. It's beloved in Hashem's eyes. Okay, if that's true, so there's only one problem. Guess what? As we turn to today's page, kulinami midrasha asa. Everything we're going to learn is from midrasha. All the 15 are from drushas. Nothing's going to be easy in your right? So it doesn't so, explain about the order then, right? So it doesn't explain about the order. Yeah. The heathen and yivam asa midrasha. So, okay, so that's, uh, that's, that knocks away that theory. But the Gemara is not ready to give up on this yet. It says it's true that as far as Yivam goes, that has to be figured out through analyzing in Drusha. But Iker Isura Behedik Sivbahu, the fact that you're not allowed to marry these women is very clear in the Torah. Bito, this illegitimate daughter, Iker Isur Midrasha. Um, when I say illegitimate, I don't want to. Um, it's not necessarily the case that he had the. the it's a daughter out of wedlock. But it, ma- it might be from a woman who he took advantage of. That's the way, right? Bita Manusaso, the daughter of a Zanusa. We had that book. I mean, I guess that's illegitimate. It's just, uh, I don't know how to... How... Could it also be from, like, a stepdaughter? Um, that's a half-daughter. You know, but it's a daughter. That's uh, a daughter, right. Yeah, it's, a daughter, daughter's meaning daughter it's his daughter. It's his daughter. Right, right, that's right. daughter and the other is a half-daughter. Right, but but either way, this is the daughter from uh, somebody he wasn't married to. That's midrasha. Uh, how do we know it's a drasha? And then if you uh, if you have extra time, you could go through how that drasha works. But the bottom line is, we learn out that it makes no difference if it's the daughter through one's wife or the daughter through someone who isn't his wife is equally forbidden. So. Uh, Maybe that's the reason that the daughter was first, uh, was because it's true. We knew uh, the fact that, um, uh, the, that there's no mitzvah of yibum when the woman is forbidden to you. That we learn out from a drasha. Uh, but all of them is from a drasha. But the fact that specifically the daughter, who's not through one's wife, who's just a daughter who one had out of wedlock. So the fact that she's forbidden is learned through a drasha. That's why we learned it first. So that's the theory we have right now. So the Morris says, Hashtam is called Midrasha All right, so that's the new pecking order. The new pecking order is whatever is more complicated is going to be first. Whatever takes 
analyzing and drusha is going to be first, and the daughter is a little bit more under the surface because the Torah specifically mentioned the taking the daughter of one's wife. And we had to figure it out that really the Torah didn't care if it's the daughter through the wife or the daughter through one's uh, girlfriend or one's uh, woman who we took advantage of. Uh, either way, he's forbidden. So that, but the fact that it took us work to, to prove it, um, and it had to be proven because we're going to kill this guy. <laughs> you, can't ki- you can't execute a person unless you can show exactly why. You're saying, well, it's obvious you shouldn't marry your daughter. It's disgusting. It's, of course we know we can't. It's true. But before we kill them, we have to point to the exact verse that says, even a daughter who's not your wife's daughter through, through a girlfriend or whatever, is equally, we're going to, you know, we kill them for that. So that's all proven from the, the verse. So, but if that's true, listni achosisha, libesof. So then the most obvious one, uh, the wife's sister, which is in the Pusik, should be last. In other words, uh, if we go from the most complicated ones to the most obvious ones, that should be last. So the more says, I did. so in other words, it, it kills that theory. If we if we learn the drusha ones first, why is the one that's the clearest the wife's sister, which is the most obvious? Why is that in the beginning? So the more says, I did, I did, There's something else going on over here. We start off. Good morning. So we start off. Ah, shalom aleichem. Welcome. We start off with the theory that um, uh, we start with the most. Uh, complicated or the one that has the drusha in it, it takes analyzing, that's beloved in Hashem, that's how we started. Now, once we start, and this is a concept like the base medrash concept, once you start on the theme, you, you have to go where it carries you. And so sometimes it takes you into other areas that you analyze before you go weiter. So once we were talking about the concept of um, uh, uh, somebody who's forbidden uh, being a sister. Um, so the Morris said, since we were talking about p- things that are forbidden as sisters, Tani Achos Ishto. So we learned also the sister of one's wife. Uh, one second. There's the. Um, yeah, so once we started talking about uh, somebody who's forbidden as a sister, uh, so we learned one's wife's sister. So, but then why don't we list it last? Um, let, let, let's, let's start that again. So we said that we started off with the daughter because it was Chavivet. Why didn't we list the, the wife's sister in the end? Because that wasn't from the drasha. So the Gemara answered, Um so once we were um, we we got onto that because we started mentioning a sister, uh, not just so. Once we mention your sister, can't marry your sister or uh, or your or the sister of one's relative uh, of uh, so the, your aunt or what some of the. Once we got into that, so we also listed your wife's sister. I've listened to high bavulah but shouldn't the whole case be in the end? Ella tani krove krovinake. The Mishnah is, this is an Ella, which means let's, uh, we need a new theory to how the order of the Mishnah. The newest theory is the following. Krove, Krove. Now, we're going through the relatives. Tani Bito's, first we started off with the daughter. So, and then we go to Bas Bito and the daughter's daughter. Ubas Bas Bino, the daughter of the son. The Krove Atzmo. Those are your relatives. 
and we went three generations down, that it belonged to you. So then we go three generations down uh, to uh, one's wife. Then you go up three generations. And once we learned the sister of Achos Imo and the sister of one's mother, the Krovi Atzmo, that they're related to you. And then once we're on the subject of sisters, so once we are on the sister subject, uh, we stayed in the sisters. So it's true that if we were strictly only dealing, going from most complex to the most simple, we would have put the sister last, because that's in the Pusik. But we already jumped into sister relations. So we already jumped into sister relations, so we mentioned the wife's sister. Uh, and in theory, we should have mentioned the daughter-in-law, uh, this is another question. Why did the daughter-in-law come after the brother that wasn't born yet? Uh, because that has nothing to do with being related, the brother that doesn't exist. Um, we said that it, if the brother wasn't born uh, when the, his uh, older brother died, he doesn't have a mitzvah of yibam. And not only doesn't he have a mitzvah of yibam, but he's forbidden to do yibam uh, because he wasn't it, the way the 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 the, um, the mitzvah comes when he exists, and since he never got the mitzvah, the, his deceased brother's wife is is related to him. That's his brother's wife, and he's forbidden. So uh, that's the so the why did we list the daughter-in-law? Really, the daughter-in-law should come before that because um, the that relation isn't a relative relation. The la mishum korbudaser el aidi the ayid akfa. Once we got into brothers, Tani so we finish with the brothers. Then we get to the daughters-in-law. So what the, the basic answer is that once the Mishnah jumped into a forbidden category, we continued on. Once we mentioned sisters, let's talk about the wife's sisters. Once we talk about brothers, let's talk about a brother born later. So we, there's a logic to how we got to where we do. We, we talk about his relative, we talk about her relative, we go up, we go down. But it was following a pattern. That's what we want to say now. Right. We, we got that. So everything in the end, there's a logic to it. So we, uh, we've, we've resolved that issue. Now we're going on to the next issue. So we said that, um, now let's go back. What was the original halacha? That if the woman that falls, if a brother, there's a mitzvah of yivam, if a person's brother, uh, it shouldn't happen, dies without children. And the, um, the, the wife is related to the brother, then there's no mitzvah of yibam. Now, what word did it use to say that there's no mitzvah of yibam? And not only is no mitzvah, one's not allowed to do yibam, it uses the word potros, that uh, they exempt uh, the co-wife. It really should have said they're forbidden, because once you're exempt from yibam, it means normally you're not allowed to marry your brother's wife, but in this case, there's a mitzvah to marry your brother's wife, and uh, one of the ways we explained it was you're not actually marrying your brother's wife, you're becoming your brother. You're taking over his marriage, which you're, you're not, it's not you. You're volunteering to carry on as your brother. So Potros is not in terms of Chalitza, probably. Uh, well, 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 whatever, but so, uh, but, but we're saying that the, uh, uh, in this case, though, there is no mitzvah, 
And so therefore, the fact that there's a relative there, that exempts those people from Yibamar Chalitza. But it really should just say you're not allowed to do Yibamar Chalitza because the Torah didn't give you a mitzvah to carry on your brother's life or to become your brother when the wife is someone who you can't have a relationship with. So why didn't the Mishnah choose the more clear word of forbidden than it exempts? It exempts. She doesn't have the mitzvah. And once you don't have the mitzvah, you're forbidden. So we could figure out that exemption means forbidden. Why does it just say forbidden? So Lamar answers, Itani Osros, if it had said that he's forbidden to do yivam, I would have said, okay, no yivam, but maybe chalitza you should do. Kamash Balam Potros means that there's no mitzvah at all. No mitzvah yivam, no mitzvah chalitza. So the word poter uh, made it more clear that you don't, or if we just said you're forbidden, we might have said, okay, don't do yibam, but do chalitza. No, there's no, neither one. Okay. There would really be a habamina if, if we said uh, usher, there'd be a habamina that. Why not? Uh, I mean, it's usher. It's mutter? No, because, I mean, who says that they have to go? See, if, if you say poter, uh, that they're putter from yibam, that means there is no mitzvah. There's no mitzvah. There's no spitting going on, no shoe, no nothing. <laughs> there's no mitzvah. But if you just said, we don't want him marrying that woman, okay, you shouldn't marry her, but maybe they should have the chalitza ceremony. Because at the end of the day, by the way, the shoe is, is being taken off. Uh, I mean, there, he's, it's, he, maybe it's not his fault, but his brother isn't, his deceased brother isn't getting the shoe in the world, isn't getting the, the way for the soul to have, uh, have a child after he died. It's not happening. So um, it's a uh, so um, they they it's interesting also now they have um, they they their cases where people uh, they had a case where I think it was an Israeli soldier had some frozen sperm and then he was killed in battle and they wanted to know if they could uh, if the parents could create another child to replace him using the having children from that child that's no longer here you know it's like a real question you know like the in a certain way like i said they want to keep the memory it was really very recent and i don't know what happens probably tangled in the legal courts about um it weren't very, wasn't very clear what to do um uh and, and if that they, they were saying if that's going to happen then a lot of soldiers may do that because if they die this way if somebody wishes to keep that family, you know, name, I'm just saying this is in current times that people want to keep somebody alive, you know, somehow keep descendants alive. That's their only child and he's going to war and they want to make sure if something happens, they can have descendants with that seed. So they, so, but this, this is a Torah way of keeping it alive, but okay. So, but I would have thought if you can't keep the, if you can't do Yibam, you should do the Chalitza ceremony. The Chalitza ceremony also does something for the soul. I don't know exactly what, but it's, 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 it's the, uh, it's necessary. Okay, so but I would so that's why we don't listen. I have a list Well, why don't we just say you can't do chalitza? So the Gemara said you can't say that you're not allowed to do chalitza because my kavod. Somebody, let's say he. Uh, what did what did he do? Let's say his brother's married to his daughter, uh, his his niece. His brother married his niece, which is perfectly okay. And then uh, the brother died without children. And his daughter comes to him and says, Tati, do you want to do Yibam? And he says, no, I'm exempt. And he says, well, oh, what a shame. You know, I wanted to do Chalitza. You know, it's a, it's so can you just do Chalitza anyways? Did he do anything wrong? He took off her father's shoe. She spit. There's nothing wrong. We're not going to, there's nothing wrong if somebody does Chalitza. We can do a Chalitza demo 
and uh, we can do all the things without, uh, even if it's not the mitzvah, it's not going to hurt anybody. So chalitza uh, doesn't hurt. You know, if you do yibam when you're not supposed to, it's not yibam, it's iser, it's a lot of things. But if you do chalitza, you take off a shoe, you go to the shoe store, you take off a shoe. It doesn't really hurt very much. So, uh, so the, the more is not going to say, it's forbidden. Don't you dare do chalitza. It's not, it's not forbidden. <laughs> right, so that's why we use the word potro. That's, that's the current. I have a list of yasser lukas. The Gemara said, my coven. Uh, and what did you do? Alam um, and, and why don't we do it? Why don't, why don't we just always do chalitza? The Morris says, Yatom if you're going to allow chalitza, so then you're going to assume it's yabemis. Uh, you're going to assume that if you can't do one, if you can do one, it means you could do the other. Whenever you do chalitza, it means that's if you don't want to marry her. But, so maybe chalitza is, is really forbidden because you'll come to do yibam. The Morris says, Kim de makam mitzvah dasura, sarah. The, the, uh, it's only when somebody has a mitzvah to marry one, uh, one woman, and if the, uh, and if the co-wife uh, would, uh, if, if, if there's a co-wife to a forbidden relationship, she'd be forbidden. Shalobah mitzvah. If, let's say, uh, the more is now giving another answer, let's say the co-wife, somebody was a co-wife to his daughter in a different marriage. Let's say somebody was totally, in a totally different scenario, Somebody was, uh, was once a co-wife of this guy's daughter. And now she marries his brother. So guess what? He could do that. In other words, let's say um, uh, if his brother has two, two wives, one's, one's his, his brother's daughter and one's uh, a, uh, not his brother's daughter. And then he dies without children. So once the co-wife who's there, uh, if, if the daughter is there when there's a mitzvah of Yibam, then the mitzvah of Yibam wouldn't start. But let's say a totally different scenario. Somebody was in a different marriage and they were a co-wife of his daughter and then they got divorced. And then that one who was a co-wife of his daughter married his brother. And then the brother died without kids. And he says, nice to meet you, my brother's wife. Uh, And he says, oh, what a coincidence. I was once a co-wife with your daughter (laughs) in a different marriage, right? You never... the. it's, it's my, my mother should always be well, but she's in an assisted living home. People in their 90s, a lot of these people were married once and twice. And three, they have all kinds of family history, you know, like, because uh, by the time they get to that age, you know, you never know what they've, uh, you know. So he says, oh, I, I was married to, married to your, uh, I was once a co-wife of your daughter. So the guy says, what? A co-wife of my daughter? Well, I'm not, I know I'm not allowed to do yibam if you're a co-wife of my, no. It's only a co-wife of the daughter um, is a problem if it was Bamaka Mitzvah, if it was a co-wife of the daughter at the time where they fell to Yibam. But if it was a co-wife of a daughter through a different marriage, that doesn't bother us. That's, it, there's no stigma attached. It, it doesn't stay a co-wife. It, it, the problem of a co-wife means that current. when... Is that it? What? It's, it's that the co-wifery oh, at the time has yeah. to be current. Yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> uh, basically, the way it works is like this. Uh, there's a, we call it the Yibam channel. The, the person gets the call. The brother dies without children. And his first thought is, oh, how can I uh, keep that seed alive? Uh, how can I take over my brother's marriage? So the rule is that if one of the wives at that moment, or if there's only one wife, is forbidden to marry, so the Yibam channel closes. And those women stay forbidden to him because they're his brother's wife. But that's only true if, if at the moment when he's called to do Yibam, these women are, uh, one of them is forbidden to him. 
But if if the uh, this woman, the forbidden woman, was in a previous marriage, that's not going to affect the fact that right now he's married to the brother. That's the basic content. So, so Rabbi's story. Mm-hmm. So how do you ever get into the tsaros tsaros sehem issue if it's uh, if you have to be in the that's with a different brother. That's with a different brother. That once it gets once removed, it seems like it shouldn't be a problem. Anymore. Correct, correct, right. So we'll get to that case. That's coming up. But that's with a different brother. But uh, so that's a good point. But so, um, but we're just saying that the iser of a is only b'makom mitzvah. In other words, uh, or when you call it current, when they when the yibum channel opens up. And one of the women that it opens up to is forbidden, then there's no Yibim channel, and they, they stay forbidden to him. Whereas when the Yibim channel opens up, the fact that in a previous uh, um, time uh, they had been a co-wife, that doesn't affect anything, because right now that's not, this woman isn't the daughter, and so it's no problem. Shaloba Malkam, it's a shari, Mishim that's why we list Patras. Why do we say they're exempt from chalitza and from yibam? Just tell me they're exempt from yibam, and then we get the picture. If they're exempt from yibam, obviously they're exempt from chalitza. The more answers, if we had thought said only yibam, have mina I would have thought, well, uh, maybe we don't do yibam, but we do chalitza, and yivume lo and no yibam. Kamash that there's the famous rule, kol any woman that could be have yibam ola chalitza. If he decides not to marry her, they can do chalitza. But kol If you can't fully marry this woman, ain't ola chalitza. It goes hand in hand. Ah, uh, so then the Gemara says, well, why don't we list it mina yibam mina chalitza inam mina chalitza lechut? Why do we list it the way we do? So the Gemara says if we're going like Abishol, Dama mitzvah chodima chalitza kodemus mitzvah yibam. He says we list chalitza first because today, when this was written, Abishol held. That we we chalitza is the bigger mitzvah, um, and again it, it's kind of counterintuitive. Cause the whole idea is to keep the. But Abishol was going on based on the 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 level of the people that existed in his time, and certainly in our time. Um, he he said the mitzvah of Yibam, of, of Yibam. We talked about this. It's only when it's done for the right reasons. Now there are a lot of mitzvahs. We don't care what the reason is. Just do the mitzvah. But for Yibam, if you're not having in mind. If a person's marrying their brother's wife because there's a nice estate that comes with that, you know, there's one, one of the brothers was married to a very rich, uh, one of the brothers was very rich, and the other brothers all want to marry that wife because they'll get the whole estate, so there's no mitzvah of evil. And so once he saw that was taking place, he said that, that we're better off not doing it. Well, we're going to have it later, so I don't want to get into it now. I'll just show you two lines from the bottom in Rashi. If a person marries his, uh, his Yavimto, that's his deceased brother's wife, because she's beautiful, or or because uh, it's as if he married a forbidden woman. <laughs> this kid... It's, 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 it's close enough, right. So, uh, his, so that's why we list Chalitza first, because we're following that opinion that Chalitza is the, main, the best choice. So uh, let's continue on uh, with the, the Gemara. Now, Minyana Duration Mutemai, next part of the Mishnah. So, every, so far we've explained a few things, but one of the things we didn't was we know how to count. And the Mishnah listed 15 cases, and then it said these 15. Well, why does it... We, we, they, we could do the counting ourselves. The Mishnah doesn't have to tell us a number. If it told us a number, it obviously meant to exclude something. 
So why is there a number? You know, the Reish Mutamayimina, and it listed numbers twice. So it means the Mishnah had something in mind. So what's the Mishnah have in mind in the first case? What's the Mishnah have in mind in the second case as we turn the page? So the Morris says, I'll tell you what the Mishnah is coming to exclude. Lamute de Rav Ravasi. It's coming to exclude some other forbidden women who are not listed in the Mishnah that Rav and Ravasi list. Um, the, uh, these two cases, let's see Rashi, he brings them down. We're going to have them both later. One is, what if one of the wives was a Sota? In other words, the brother was married to an unfaithful wife that he was giving her to drink, some soda water. <laughs> so um, then the rule is, we're going to learn out that the whole idea was this brother had a good marriage and they wanted to have a child. Now the brother didn't get the chance to have the child through his chosen wife. But what happens if they hated each other and the wife committed adultery on him? Uh, you don't want to keep that, you don't want to have a, a child through that wife. Even if he was cleared with the water? Well, uh, but we learn out, uh, we learn out from the psukim that, the, that there's no mitzvah of yibum in that. It's called the sarasota. Um, Rashi says, she'im uh, zinsa ishto. If the wife, uh, it sounds like it's the case where she was the sota that's going to blow up. <laughs> I, I don't know how we know. I mean, either she why blew up. Why waste time on, on you? <laughs> right. Um, sometimes the sota, if she has some good deeds, won't blow up right away. Or, or if the husband uh, himself was. Or if the husband himself, right. So, below Isha Harris, but he's got a good wife that he kind of liked. Umes below Banim Shay and They're both exempt. So, that, that's the, uh, the Mishnah that listed the 15 left that off. I have to see why. And the other case, Ravasi says, is Soros Islandus. What happens if one of the wives was, uh, was missing equipment? So even though he had one wife that had the equipment, Ravasi holds their exempt from Yibam. We explained this for her before. Yibam is like a channel that the brother died and he had wives. And it has to be that you could, they, there is a mitzvah if he's fully eligible to marry either wife. But once one of those wives is blocked, it, it's an all-for-one package. That, that's kind of the concept. We'd, we'd never look at the co-wife and say, well, the other wife he could, and this one he couldn't. And it has to be that there's the full option to, to marry the brother's wife. Once there's a no-no on one of the wives, it blocks the, the mitzvah of yibam from happening. So if one of the wives is missing equipment, so there's no yibam over here, even to the wife that has the equipment. So that means the mission does not hold like that, basically. Correct. The mission doesn't hold because the mission okay. didn't. Uh, right, the mission, the mission didn't agree to that, those two cases. But the question was, why do we list the number to exclude those opinions? Lamute de Rav Ravasi, which, as Rashi brought, uh, the case of the Sarasota and the Soros Islands. Yeah. So then the Gemara says, Ula Rav Ravasi, but according to those two opinions, how do they learn the Mishnah? They have to learn the Mishnah too, Lamute Mai. So Isvarle de Hadri. Uh, so if they agree, uh, if they, uh, now the question is, what if they disagree amongst each other? In other words, the ones that learns the Sota, maybe he doesn't uh, accept the Torah of the islandists. And the one that learns the islandists, maybe he doesn't accept the Sota. So that would explain, in other words, if they disagree with each other, so then we still have what to exclude. Because there's two opinions to exclude. So who said the two agree with each other? They're two totally different criteria. One excludes the woman without the equipment, and one excludes the woman who fooled around. But uh, if the um, but what happens if they agree with each other? If they agree with each other, so then what is the mission coming to exclude? Because both of them, according to them, the mission should have listed their cases. 
So if they agree with each other, so one of them will exclude another case, which is a if what if one of the women uh, was forbidden, but she opted out of the marriage. Um, we, we'll explain that. We'll have that case a little bit uh, later. We said if somebody married a minor, the minor can still unmarry herself. She can declare when she's the age of consent that she wants out. So let's say uh, he married his niece when she was a minor. Again, it does, doesn't mean that he consummated or anything. He did the brother a favor that his daughter should be protected. He called her his wife. He gave her uh, the brother. He accepted the money from the brother and she was considered married. This way she'd be protected. And then when the daughter comes of age, she'll say, I don't want to stick with my uncle. Fine. Uh, so and the, the question is, is there a mitzvah of the co-wife? Uh, and it, so in the, and Mian is a little bit different in that retroactively, he, she was never married to him. So, but how does it... How, We'll have to talk about that. It's it's a very again. There's the mitzvah of yibum, and as we said now that there, it's like a channel. The mitzvah has to be that he has a mitzvah to take his brother's marriage, and we see what happens if the brother had multiple marriages. A mitzvah to take one of them. But if there's a reason why one of the brother's wives blocked yibum, then it blocks it for all of them. So that's the rule. But in the case of Mian, where it was blocked. It's blocked, but then it's undone because she opts out of the marriage. So is that considered a forbidden relationship or not? That's controversial. So it could be the Mishnah is excluding that uh, because that if, if the woman who's forbidden opts out, she was really never married to him. Uh, what happens if he takes back his wife he divorced? Now, a, a person's allowed to take back their wife that they divorce, um, the only thing is, if the wife married someone else in between, then they can't. Because then somebody could, uh, uh, anytime the wife wants to fool around, she'll get a divorce, she'll have to fool around, then she'll get married back again, but the Torah doesn't want that. So that's called maxigushaso. So what happens if he didn't listen and he married her anyways? So there's no mitzvah to marry a wife who shouldn't have been the wife. <laughs> the brother took forbidden wives, even though she's Jewish, and even though she is a wife, if he wasn't supposed to retake her, which is what he did, so there's no mitzvah yibum. So that's why the... So in that specific case, then, was yeah. she, did remarry? Yeah. Now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's if they agree with each other. But if they didn't agree with each other, um, uh, one would come to... One of the 15 would exclude the, uh, the opinion of the, other rab, <laughs> of the other rabbi. One would exclude either the sota, the soros sota, or the soros islandist. Or soros mayenis, or soros maxrusaso. So there's no there's a there's a whole bunch of uh, we thought we had every case in the world in the Mishnah there's a whole bunch of other cases that the Mishnah comes to exclude uh, and even if you uh, feel that some of them would be included you'll find your case that would be excluded. I Ravler Vasi listening. So why didn't they make the Mishnah if they're not excluded? So Gemara said because uh, they can't remarry to the brother. Uh, in other words, the, uh, the, 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 our case of the Mishnah was, uh, we had a really fun, complicated Mishnah where the brother had two wives and one brother wasn't eligible to do Yibam with one of those two wives, but the other brother was. So then the other brother married one of the two wives and then he died. And then this brother that wasn't eligible the first time around became eligible the second time around. That was actually one of the cases of the Mishnah. So uh, this particular case we would never have because uh, the other brothers wouldn't be allowed 
uh, to uh, marry the um, uh, these um, uh, the, the the women missing the equipment or the uh, or the some of these other cases. Manhan, where do you know this all from? The Tan Rabbanim. Our rabbis taught Isha alachosa lo sikach lisra. You can't take the wife's sister. It's not fair to make sisters in. Sisters are supposed to love each other. And if it, they become co-wives, uh, they're in an impossible situation. You're asking the sisters to fight. Just ask Rachel and Leah. <laughs> We're very, uh, Rachel gave away everything for Leah. And Leah would do everything for uh, Leah Davin for nine months that she shouldn't have a boy so that her sister wouldn't be embarrassed. And she turned uh, 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 Dina into Dina, Right. So they, Is that they, the first transgender? Uh, so they did, uh, in other words, they both were extremely attached and good sisters to each other, and yet still uh, they created animosity by being in that situation. Uh, some people say that's why Rachel had to die before they got to Eretz Israel, because that wasn't the ideal relationship where having two sisters in a marriage. So the Torah says not to have two sisters. So, uh, that's the, the wording of the Torah. My Tamar what does it come to teach you? Because the Pasuk says, that you're Yavama. It's interesting, the brother in law gets a new name. He's no longer the brother in law. If, if a person's husband dies without children, so the husband's brother is now her Yavama. He's the one who can keep her deceased husband's soul alive. He's his, the Yavama. So the Torah commands him, Yavama, the Yavama, Yavalaha, will come unto her. They'll, he'll, he'll, they'll, they'll, they'll keep the soul alive. Shomei, I would have thought, if you Well, once there's a mitzvah, even with a forbidden woman, because there's a mitzvah. We look at the word Aleha. Uh, just like over there, where it said uh, there was a mitzvah to take the woman. Even if there's a mitzvah like Yibam, the Torah is saying you shouldn't do Yibam if the woman is forbidden. Mainly, I only know that he shouldn't marry the relation. There's no mitzvah of Yibam with the wife that he's related to. So Rasam and I, and how about the co-wife? What's wrong with that? That's that word litzrar. That's where we describe that if the channel of Yibam didn't open, if there's a whole bunch of wives, and he has a mitzvah to marry uh, the ones married to his brother, but for some reason we put up the stop sign, even partially on one of the wives, so then the Yibam doesn't, doesn't open. That's this word, Litzwer. The Eliela Sarasa. I only know the first time around. Sara, Sara, and What about if they marry the other brother? Tamerlomo Litzwer. That's this word, Litzwer. Basically, any wife that's a co-wife of somebody who was rejected, who closed the Yibam door, uh, the Yibam door stays closed. Uh, uh, I only know that this is true if he was married to the wife's sister. How about all the others? Well, the basic category, what was unique about Yachosisha? He's forbidden to marry his wife's sister. Even if he ignores the rules of the Torah, and he did it on purpose, he'll be cut off. And if he did it by mistake, he thought you could marry his wife's sister. So so you have to bring a sin offering. And he's forbidden to do Yibam. Also, any other uh, potential uh, Yavama that's forbidden to him 
And Vachayan is so forbidden if he marries her on purpose, he'll be cut off. Kores Vashkosla, and he did it by mistake. Chatos Asuliyavim, he'll be forbidden. Ainly Elahein, I only know that. Sir, sir, how do you know the co-wives? Amis Mayachos Ishimuchadeshi Erva, just like the sister of his wife, who's forbidden. Vachayan allows none of Kores, and if he were to marry her, he'd be punished, be being cut off. Chatos Asuliyavim, and she's forbidden. And the co-wife is also forbidden. So also too, Av Koshi Erva, also any other forbidden woman. And she's so forbidden if he were to marry her, he'd be cut off. He did by mistake, he'll bring a sin of is forbidden. So Rasa Asura, and not only to her, but to the other wife. So so too, all of the forbidden relations would be the same. So uh, we've gotten the basic criteria for the rule. Uh, that uh, there's no yibum if one of these women is forbidden to him as part of the 15 relations. And also, there's no yibum for the co-wife. From here, the sages say this rule, there's 15 possible wives that that would not only are they exempt from yibum, but their co-wives would be exempt. And if even in a, in a marriage to a different brother, and it goes on. So once we're on a roll and we got these 15, there's another six uh, forbidden relations, which are either even stricter than these. So I would have said that these are the same or usher. So the Morris says, no. Why? She's forbidden. But this woman would be permitted to marry another brother, but not permitted to this brother. And the co-wife is forbidden. Af koshi erva. Also, all these cases are forbidden women that had you the brother married them. But the epshil nasil achem, but is permitted to a different brother. but is not permitted to this brother. Sarasa asura. Then the sar is forbidden. Yatsu sheisharayas. There's six cases uh, that are stricter than these. But the epshil nasil achem. It's impossible for them to marry. Other brothers are saying mutara, so the co-wives were mutter. She ain't sora elameach. A woman is only considered a co-wife if she was married to his brother and the forbidden woman at the same time. I actually explained this at the very beginning, even though the Gemara now is saying it in a, with a lot of words. That um, let's say, uh, let's do that Rashi about the six arise that I didn't go into. Let's see if we can find that Rashi. Um, It's about three quarters of the way down. Three quarters of the way. What's it? What? What? What's it? It's beginning at line two. The test five now fifteen. No, he doesn't. I thought Rashi said the case. Yeah. Now the Rashi doesn't bring those the, those six. Um, what the the six? So we're going to have that later. Almost everything we're going to have later. Uh, but let's just so. Um, so the case would be, let's say somebody was a co-wife of somebody forbidden to him in a different marriage. And so again, what happens is, and then later on marries his brother and he finds out his brother died without children and he decides he's going to meet the wife first and he starts speaking with her. He says, oh yeah, three marriages ago I had the, I was the, uh, your daughter was a co-wife. Oh, what a small world it is, you know, Jewish geography, right? So at that point, she wouldn't be forbidden because it, she was only a tzara 
uh, mitzvah. She ain't sora me'ach, or she was only, it's only a tzara if she was forbidden uh, to the brother. Uh, but if she was forbidden for uh, other reasons, um, somewhere we had those six cases, but I'll, I'll, I'll look those up. We're going to have them a little bit later. But either way, uh, it, it, it wouldn't apply. So the 15 exclude those six. Back to the Gemara. Ashara Shemanu. So uh, we figured it out that these 15 women, there's no mitzvah of Yibam. How do you know you're going to get in trouble if you do it? I mean, what if you want to be frumer than the Torah? The Torah said there's no mitzvah of Yibam, and you want to do it anyways. So how do we know that we're actually going to kill you for it? <laughs> you're going to do Yibam. If you do Yibam and it's forbidden, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, how do we know that you could punish somebody for that? Because basically he's marrying his, uh, his brother's wife, which is an erva. Which, as we said, if he did it on purpose, he'll be cut off. And if he does it by mistake, he's going to have to bring an offering. So, uh, so Omar Kra, uh, so I, uh, I guess you don't get killed. I'm not sure if this is a Misa with Chorus or not. I, th- I think it is. But anyways. So Omar Kra, because it says like this. Anybody that does any of these disgusting things, so you see that they'll be cut off. So that's that you see the punishment. Time to kasser man Allah. It used the word Allah. If it didn't say that, I would have thought, achos isha miyavemis. The more now is asking, isn't it obvious that he can't marry his brother's sister? Why would I think you could? So why do we need a special pasta to tell you there's no yibum when one of these women is his relative, where is his niece or his daughter? So Gemara says, my time, what's the reason that I would have thought it's okay? So now we jump into one of the more famous uh, sugyas, which... Uh, um, yeah, the, almost every Masechta we get a chance to sometimes talk about this together with Bray rather. There's like, three, you know, I don't know, maybe four or five sugyas that we're always getting a little bit of a taste of. So uh, over here, the question is, uh, why would, uh, right now we said that Mishnah needed to tell you that there's no mitzvah of Yibam with these 15 ervas. And we said, well, when we have a special Pusik telling you uh, that, it, so why, do we, why would I have thought it's okay? I mean, if a woman is forbidden, if he can't marry his daughter, so it wouldn't make any difference if his brother married his daughter. He can't marry his daughter. So what he has a mitzvah of Yivam. So that's what the Gemara is coming to explain. So the Gemara says, My time, Amina, I would have thought, the positive command of doing Yivam maybe pushes off not to marry your daughter. So It's true, we have a concept that sometimes a positive command pushes off a negative, but that's lo sase greater. That's a plain and simple, thou shall not. But what about when the Torah says, thou shall not, and if you do it, you're going to be cut off from Hashem, the supreme penalty. Lo sase Why would I have thought that he could go marry his daughter? And how do you even know a simple love, it pushes away? 